0: Hello, my love, and welcome to This Messy, Beautiful Life, the podcast. My name is Erin, and I am so, so happy to have you here. I'm a coach and mindset mentor, a recovering overthinker, an imperfect human on a journey of growth, joy, and healing, and I'm inviting you along for the ride. This podcast will explore concepts of self-development, spirituality, and harnessing our brain-body-soul connection for powerful growth and healing. It's my intention to use this space to change the narrative that says, if you are healing, you are broken because it's just simply not true. The way I see it is that growth and healing is at the heart of us continuing to rise and evolve as humans. So if you are someone on a journey of personal growth and healing, whether it be right at the beginning or currently leveling up and really living the fact that the inner work is never truly done, then you're in the right place. And so, my love, let's learn, grow, share and raise our consciousness together through the power of vulnerability and storytelling. I'm so ready for this and I hope you are too. So let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another wonderful guest episode of This Messy, Beautiful Life. Today, I have the beautiful Marissa Hammond speaking with us. Hello, Marissa. I am so grateful and happy and excited to be here. Oh, ditto, ditto. We have had, we connected quite a few months back when we booked this all in and we've had messy, beautiful life happening all over the place where we've had to reschedule on a couple of different occasions. Um, So it really is beautiful to be speaking to you today and to see your beautiful face, not that everybody else can see it necessarily, but um, it really is good to be having this chat today. So I'll do a little brief intro and then you can tell us more about you. So you are a life coach. Who helps people take responsibility for themselves so they show up as their best self and create their ideal life? What is not to love about that?
1: Hmm. It's funny when I hear people like read off intros or bios about me, I'm like, really? It's like, that sounds pretty cool. And then I'm like, oh, wait, that's right. That's me. <laughs> that's me. And I wrote that. <laughs> like, I, I wrote that. That was from my heart. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm Marissa. I am me. I feel like that's the best way to introduce myself is I'm me, and I'm still discovering exactly who I am and how I fit into this whole life thing, but I'm settling into me, into my body, into my spirit, and just finding things that actually feel good for me. So like Aaron said, I work as a life coach now, and I stumbled into that when I was soul searching down in Australia, actually, so oh, that's no where way. I was in the Yeah, it was right before the pandemic hit. So I'd been working as a personal trainer and I've been in the fitness industry for over seven years and it just, it didn't feel right anymore. So when I went down to Australia, I said, all right, whatever you want, God, universe, like, let me know. And I'll try mm. it. I was like, I, I won't promise I'll do it, but I'll try yeah. it. And
0: <laughs> I love <laughs> and that. There's qualifications out. to your promises. I love but it. Yeah, I
1: know. Exactly. Right. I'm like, I don't know. I'm still second guessing whether <laughs> or not this is actually a good idea, but I was like, but I'll, I'll give it a go. I don't know. I don't know if I can actually fully trust you yet. Maybe it'll be <laughs> off, but I'll try yeah. it. So, yeah, I did it. Someone messaged me when I was down there saying, Hey, do you do life coaching? Cause they've been following my, my story that I've been sharing on Instagram for the past few years of just my journey of learning who I was and learning to love myself and they asked me if I did life coaching and I said I, I guess so <laughs> and I tried it and I felt this whole body high and it was like mm. this like when you settle in there's been a few times in my life where I felt felt like this immense not a high like as in when you do drugs or other things or like eat a bunch of sugar and then you're jumping around in circles but like this peace and like heightened energy in your entire system where you're like, I am home. I am light and I am alive. And it was like, okay, I guess this is what I'm supposed to be doing right now. So that's how I stumbled into the life coaching thing. And it's been, oh, it's been a whirlwind. And the amount of times I've been like, no, I don't think this is actually what I'm meant to be doing anymore. And I'll run off on some other direction and then be like, no, that felt right. I need to go back to that. That's home. And and it's funny because I, I didn't even think I was going to be talking about this that much. But for me, life coaching is part of me being me. And it just happens to be that it's a job and it's this mm-hmm. service that I give, which creates this exchange of energy. But it doesn't matter what it is. It's like finding like, what are those things that help you feel like you? Mm. For some people, it's going to be part of it's going to be their career. Other people are not going to feel like themselves in their career, but it's one of those things you have to do to make money so you can take care of your needs and love yourself. Because when you take care of your needs and love yourself, then you do feel like you. So it's like a stepping stone. And I'm really grateful I found something which lights me up in the process to getting there. But it's like, we all just have to just find more of those things that just help us feel like ourselves. It's like, what are the... What are the activities that we can do? And yeah, optimally you find a job that also where you spend a lot of your time also helps you feel like you, but even if it's not the most fun thing, because let me tell you, there's lots of times in the life coaching. I like, I love the coaching part, man. I fucking hate the running the business side of things. don't right. light me up
0: <laughs> <laughs> right and I mean look that and there's so much in that that we could you know talk about you know what happens when we go into kind of having our own business and what that actually means in its entirety but I really just wanted to pick up on something you said in there about you know you that that feeling of I've arrived but then also sometimes moving away from it and coming back and I'd love to explore that a little bit more because I think sometimes in the world of social media there's this perception of you know we find our purpose and our passion and everything just clicks and it's all unicorns and rainbows and la 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 la. and you know I'd just love for you to talk a little bit more about that because I feel similarly you know like it's not like everything just fits into place magically but it's a different feeling Mm
1: -hmm. and I think it all goes back to that I really believe that we are spiritual beings having a human experience Mm. and it doesn't mean that we go back to having this perfect alignment where we completely connect to the spiritual things where things are always aligned. It's like, no, This human experience is about being human. And being human means you're gonna go in and out of these crazy times and you're gonna learn something, and then your human body's gonna get dysregulated and you're gonna completely jump off the deep end and you're gonna get sick or you're going to live in fear or you're going to, I don't know, start some random career that you aren't actually fulfilled in, but you start it because of fear or something else. Like there's gonna be so many things that are gonna happen because you're human. Mm. And then same thing on the mind level, right? Like your body can get thrown off, but then so can your mind. We get these stories that come up in our, in our minds because of experiences we have. And even if you get to that place at some point, you're going to get more experiences and experiences leave marks on our, on ourselves, right? Like it, it affects us physically, mentally, emotionally, as we go through these different life experiences. And yes, there's some people who have like really arrived and they figure it out once and then they just have so much peace in their life but they're having peace through chaos. And so it's either like, all right, like it's either going to be chaotic or it's going to be chaotic. (laughs) Those (laughs) are your options. (laughs) It's like, this is the human experience. So learning to be at peace with it and realizing Mm. you're never going to arrive. But when you've realized that, then you've already arrived. It's like, okay, cool. Mm. How do we really enjoy the ride? It's all these little cliche sayings Of like, yeah, life is a journey. But when you really sit with that, it's like, okay, that's what it is. Like, okay. Like, how can you like really settle into those things? Like you only live once. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, this specific you human being, you only live once. So be you, have your life, have your experiences. Okay, cool. There's only one and only you. Yeah. That saying too, same thing. Like resonate with that. Like if you actually let that settle in, it's like, okay, cool. Same with like the saying of like, yeah, don't compare your journey to somebody else's. Oh, that's right. If you really let that settle in, that just frees you up to be human, to be you, to mm. let it be crazy and to still have fun along the way. Yeah, because there's like so much
0: deconditioning that needs to happen around, you know, yes, you get things cert- figured out at a certain age. Yes, you follow this path. So, you know, even though, you know, this is the work that you do. This is the type of work that I do. It's like this concept of being you and knowing who you are truly and what lights you up is actually something we're starting to talk about more, but not necessarily something that's spoken about in the general yeah. space, I suppose. So, so important that we're having these conversations. So, let's talk a little. Oh, sorry. I
1: jumped in. Do you want to say something? Yeah, I was just, I was about to say, I'm like really curious. Why do you think that is? Why do you think we don't have as many conversations around just like being yourself? Can I say the patriarchy?
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> Look, I think it's I think it's for so long, like we've entered the 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 we entered the industrial age, you know, however many years ago, and where it was all about, you know, eight-hour days compliance, conforming, capitalism, all that sort of stuff. And I don't want to sound like some crazy hippie here or anything because, you know, everything has its value, I suppose, but it's like anything. Everything has a yin and a yang. Everything has a positive and a negative. And I think in a lot of ways those structures have brought us to a place of such rigidity that don't work for everybody and again you know to your point like they do work for some people some people love and thrive in those environments but I think we've gotten to the point where it's just expected it's not questioned we are put through schooling systems that are all about narrow kind of focuses so I guess that's my take on that in a nutshell what what are your thoughts
1: Yeah, well, I love that. And like as much as you jokingly said the patriarchy at the beginning, like a lot of it is that. Like you said, it's if we look at it, it's been centuries of life being run primarily by men. Mm. And when you look at the balance of the masculine and feminine energy, like when you have that balance, it's beautiful. But if it's all been masculine, if it's all been about the going and the giving, or not the give, like like the giving and like the doing, like all about like the show up and push Mm. versus the feminine Mm. or or the yin being slow down receive be Mm. right we're just in a place where there's not space to be like who am i who do i who do i want to be how do i want to show up in the world there's not enough space for that because it's all about how can you produce more how can you do more how can you consume more and as human beings we need to feel safe In order to really be able to settle into ourselves. And life is going so quickly with technology, with day to day life, with how fast we go. There's no space to slow down because if we do, we fall behind. Yeah. And that doesn't feel safe. But also going really fast and only being in the masculine all the time and push, push, push also leads us to burnout, which also leads us to not feeling safe. So it's like, how do we get to this place where eventually we connect to ourselves? And it's like, well, either we crash Mm. or we connect to other people who remind us and teach us that it's actually safe enough for us to slow down. Yeah, And that's the way we can start to that. But it's, I think it's a, like you said, like it's a lot of it just has to do with what we've learned one from our conditioning in our personal lives, but also just from centuries in society and how it it works.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I can really resonate with all of that that you're saying. And particularly like, you know, we've just, we're in Bali at the moment and just like how important our environment is and how even me who's been on this journey for a while and I'm very aware of my energy and really trying to embrace much more of the feminine. Um, Just even being somewhere like this, how much more helpful it is for me to give myself permission. It's almost like I still need permission to surround myself with that slower energy, with a more connected kind of spiritual energy. I think we've lost connection to nature as well. And something I love about being here is that, you know, it's always hot. So you can always be outside. It's really super easy. It's, it's currently winter in Australia and I don't thrive in winter. I shouldn't talk to you about winter. You're in Canada. So, <laughs> you know, like Australian winter is really nothing compared to that even. But yeah, I think we've very much lost connection to the natural world as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Which is something which just naturally brings us back into harmony. Yeah. So I think that's one of the other things it's like, if we're disconnected from nature, which naturally brings us to a place of feeling safe, that naturally brings us back to homeostasis, which is where we do get to say, who do I want to be Mm. right now? If we're in survival, if we don't have that, then we say, who do I have to be to survive versus who do I want to be? Who's me?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Who is me? (laughs) It's not fun. It would be such question. a good thought. <laughs> so you've told us, you've shared with us a little bit about your journey and, you know, your, your physical journey to Australia and your transition into life coaching. I love to ask the question about, you know, tell us a bit more about your messy, beautiful life because I love digging into people's stories and ultimately their own healing journey. So I'd love for you to tell us whatever you'd like to tell us about that.
1: Oh, I've still got my pains. I've still got my things I'm mm. working through for sure. Um, it was, it was actually beautiful today. I'll start with a story from today and then mm. I'll, I'll jump back. Um, I've, I've been really trying to dive into healing through the body. I've done mm-hmm. a lot of healing through the mind when it comes to like therapy and working with people and doing the, all the cognitive stuff. Um, but today I did the, for the first time ever, I, I tried doing Drawing guided drawing therapy. I've been reading through this book, and it was just beautiful to see all the different emotions that would flow through my body, but also just seeing old wounds that I thought were healed
0: mm. still
1: coming back up. And this is where I bring this up is because we're, like, we're talking about like the messy, beautiful life is realizing that there's, like you said, there's these waves mm. where we're like, we get to this place and we're like, and I've made it, and then something else happens. And sometimes I think that something isn't even a new experience creating future turmoil. might still be that there still are layers that have to be healed. And like, what was really coming up in art therapy for me today was realizing I still have so many wounds from like my, my young childhood surrounded by religion. And that's Mm. really where my beautiful, messy life. And my story began was I was one of nine kids. I was homeschooled all the way through high school. And I was raised in a pretty Restrictive religious environment. And like looking back now, like it's, it was very similar to like a cult like setting Mm -hmm. in regards to like the rigidity of thought. How much, even though I know my parents really are loving and they were not trying to instill fear in me, there was so much fear in my entire upbringing. And it wasn't until I left that community when I was almost 19 and I moved from there to like first city in Ottawa and Ontario and Canada. Um, and I remember the first day that I didn't go to mass. It was the first time I didn't go to mass on a Sunday and my body was shaking. Like I was at home, like I was shaking, like just the, that first visceral feelings and first time actually being connected to my body and sitting in that feeling, realizing like what's going on. And it was just so much fear, fear of mm. I'm not being a good person. I'm going to go to hell. Like I'm just, I'm like, just like that terror in my being. And it was interesting now looking back, being able to see how leaving religion, that's when I was like, okay, well, what's the purpose of my life? And I was like, well, I don't know, but I know I'm a human being with a human body. And if I don't take care of this, then I'm going to run into problems later on in life. So that's actually how I got into the fitness industry. But also I believe subconsciously, a lot of it was that I didn't see my worth other than that I was a woman with a beautiful body. And I was like, if I can't figure out how to make sure I still look fit and sexy the rest of my life, then who's going to want me? Who's going to love me? I couldn't see my worth. I didn't know who I was and what I wanted because for so long I'd been taught and raised this is who you need to be. You need to know, love, and serve God. You need to preach these things. You need to follow these rules. This is who you need to be in order to be a good girl and be accepted rather than being like, who am I? Who do I want to be? Yeah. And so through my journey, I've been through, like I said, I was in the fitness industry for a while. I've been through eating disorders of, I call myself a failed bulimic because I tried, but like my body, my my nervous system has this response where like I can't, I cannot make myself vomit. That's mm. just it. But I've definitely been a binge eater. And then being in the fitness industry, trying to control my weight while also being someone who was dealing with mental health, with depression, with low self esteem, with all these things, trying to figure out who am I and trying to f- Feel like being me. And I would start to find these things that really did feel like me. But then also, simultaneously, there was still the old conditioning for me, which was from religion, but so many other people have this just from living in a normal society nowadays. Yeah. It's like, but I feel like I can't be me because if I be me, then that's not safe right? So there's this pull back both ways. There's half of me wants to be me because that feels like home and that feels safe, but also simultaneously it doesn't feel safe because I've been told that this isn't okay. So it's been years of that. And then more recently in the past, well, I guess not more recently now, it's been five years now is uh, I've been in a relationship with a woman and we're now engaged and that's so exciting. But also again, there's still times where she'll walk towards me and my body will curl up in a ball and step back.
0: Cause yeah. there's still
1: parts of me which say, this is not okay, mm. but this is me, right? Like this, my, my body, how my body works, how my mind works, how my whole being works. This is all me. And like learning, how can I figure out who I am and how I love and accept all of me and then just be my life and be me and realizing like all these other things that these behaviors, the binge eating, the depression, the anxiety. These are not me in the sense of my true natural state, but these are true natural symptoms that come when I'm in a place where I'm not taking care of me. And that way we can release the shame around it. We can let go of this this ache and this pain that we have whenever we get into a place where I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like I need to change this part of me. But realizing it's like this isn't actually... I, Marissa, am not a binge eater. I, Marissa, am binge eating. Mm. And there's such a difference between taking on that as an identity and realizing that this is just something that I'm currently experiencing or doing from this place of trying to feel safe right now. And it's like, oh, cool. That's That's all it is. And then it lets you let go what doesn't feel like you. And bring on more of what does feel like you, but that's where it's always going to be hard because sometimes the things that feel familiar to us feel like us because we've been in them for so long. Sometimes we've been in heartache for so long in self-betrayal for so long that that feels normal. That feels it's like, this must be me, but it's like, is this me? Or is this just been what I've taught or been taught? Is this just yes. what's become familiar? And it's like, and how can we learn to remember like, okay does this actually feel like the the feeling we talked about be home like before, like, does this actually feel like coming home to myself or does this just feel like it's normal? Mm. Like, does it actually feel life-giving? Do I feel big and open and expansive or does it feel like I want to hide? Like I want to contain, like I want to break and curl up in a ball and disappear. And I think that's really what it is. It's saying like, okay, like we know we're always going to have these, crazy times, these crazy journeys and figuring out like how can we be ourselves through it all, right? Like I've I'm so grateful for now being in a place where I I'm very spiritual. I'm not religious, but I I say I love God from a place of love rather than loving God from a place of fear. And I think that's really what it is. And if religion helps you love God from a place of love, beautiful, please go do that. Yeah. But if it doesn't, then I'd say, let's let it go. And it's the same thing being in the fitness industry. If being in fitness competitions or training specific hardcore ways really helps you feel alive, please do that. But if you're doing it from a place of, I feel like I need to do this. Otherwise I won't be loved or otherwise I won't be good enough then saying, okay, how can we shift that? Right. And then, and like learning, like, what can we do to really just nurture ourselves through this journey? like I said, like, yeah, like huge parts of my journey and my story have been leaving religion was going through the fitness industry. Like even with my, my eating disorder, like actually accepting and saying this is an eating disorder because for so long, I just told myself, no, I'm just not disciplined enough.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then Like, like we said, like going through this for years and like, it was just in within the past eight months, like I worked intensively with a therapist where we connected every single day to work through this. And I'm so grateful. I can now say I'm a a place where I'm not experiencing binge eating, but who knows, maybe I'll be there again in two months. And I hope not, as long as I keep taking responsibility for myself and using my tools and making sure I take care of myself. I know it won't come back, but I don't know. Right. Again, it's like this beautiful, messy life. Like what's going to happen? Because that's exactly what happened for me a year and a half ago, just over a year and a half ago, when I talked to my parents and again, because of my religious upbringing, they said, they're not going to come to my wedding with my girlfriend and I, and I remember closed in that. And I'd had a period of probably like four months of no binge eating and overnight everything came back. Comes back, yeah. And I think that's just it. It's like, all right, like I can share bits and pieces of my story from the past. And like right now, like, yeah, it's been crazy. Like in the past two months, I've moved out of a house in Squamish, BC, drove all the way across Canada, moved out of my house here. Now living in my girlfriend with my girlfriend and uh, her mom at her house. Like life is insane. If I was to like pan around the camera (laughs) right now, there is shit everywhere. (laughs) And Aaron and I, before we were talking about like feeling settled in our, in our body and in our environment. And I'm super sensitive to this stuff. And I can tell right now, My girlfriend will say one little thing or one thing goes off and I'll snap. And then I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to snap. I just don't feel settled right now. And so I think having compassion for yourself in these journeys too, it's like, just because I'm a life coach and I intellectually understand this shit doesn't mean that my life is all perfect. No, I'm still figuring it out. I still have to put in the work all the time. I have no clue where I'm going to be in two months, but I know it's going to be full of love and compassion as long as I keep choosing that and showing up and using my habits. So that way I keep my mind and my heart aligned. Yeah. And as long as I just keep taking responsibility for the things I need to take care of myself through sleep, through movement, through nutrition and fueling myself, my body, not the way that everyone else is supposed to do it, but what I've learned has actually helped me feel good. As long as I keep doing that, I know this beautiful, messy life, this crazy (laughs) journey, it's going to be perfect. And I'll just get to be me and enjoy the ride.
0: Yeah. Oh, There's so much stuff in there that I just would love to unpack and feel like there's a million different tangents I could go off on right now. I think just to acknowledge thank you for sharing all of that, you know, how deeply, um, you know, how powerful vulnerability is and how um, I think it's important that we have more of these conversations and we talk about what has shaped us as humans, what we've kind of broken free on, but also how challenging it can be every day to wake up. And it's not that things necessarily get easier, but we get more tools in our toolkit to be able to deal with them. We we, we experience things and so then the next time it happens, we know that we got through it last time and so we will definitely get through it again. Um, and, you know, how important... Surrounding ourselves with the right people is how surrounding ourselves with people that also show us love and compassion um helps, I guess, model that for ourselves as well. I'd love to talk a bit. Oh, yeah. I really want to go into the story. I don't know. I want to, I'm gonna just pick up on one of the last things you said though about self-compassion and dive in there because it's something that keeps coming up for me a lot. And I think. I know is something I'm still learning. Um, I think I'm. I find it easier to be compassionate with others than to be with myself. And it is this little bit of balance between, you know, holding ourselves accountable. And I know you talk about um, taking responsibility for ourselves versus also being compassionate with ourselves when we slide backwards or behave in a way that we we don't particularly like or is not the best version of ourselves. So I'd love to get your thoughts on that.
1: Mm. When you say, like, you have a hard time with self-compassion, why do you think that is? Oh, I think, again, like
0: the, like, I wasn't raised, I was raised a Catholic. I wasn't raised in such a, I guess, sounds like, you know, really strict kind of um, religious upbringing was was different but you know if we want to talk about religion you know at the foundations of a lot of religion is fear as you said um guilt catholic guilt people talk about catholic guilt a lot it is very real um i think it's this you know othering you know god is the be all and end all and we must all serve at the cost of ourselves um it's judgment oh my gosh judgment, judgment, judgment. So, you know, I mean, there's also our life structures beyond that as well, but given, you know, you've already been talking about religion, I think it's those sorts of things that were very much part of my foundational life that do still pervade and also you know one of the premises of this podcast is just because we're healing doesn't mean that we're broken and I think there's still perceptions of that in our broader life that you know like I'm a coach I should have all my shit together I'm a this I should have all that sort of I'm a mom I should be amazing at that you know and it's just not true and I think it is so pervasive that I didn't even really know how much it existed in myself I don't know if that answers your question I <laughs> just
1: <laughs> yeah well I, was, I just and I because I wanted to just see more of you and why specifically for you it's going to be hard for compassion I think for anyone who struggles with compassion we just have to remember that if we look at zoom out quickly at the big picture it's like okay you're a human being with a human body and a human mind and through your life experiences through the experiences you have and the knowledge you gain That's what shapes our perceptions and that's Mm. what shapes our beliefs. So when we look back at, like you said, where you were raised with that Catholic guilt, it makes sense. Perfect sense. Why you have a hard time with compassion, because the way that your body and mind operate is from this place of, I need to be this certain way. And it's not okay to be compassionate towards myself. I have to show up this. Otherwise it's not acceptable. Mm. There's so many other people who don't struggle with self-compassion because they had teachers and parents and role models who modeled to them and taught them it's okay for you to be human yeah it's okay for you to make mistakes so I think and this is where it's hard it's like have compassion for yourself for not being able to have compassion
0: for yourself right (laughs)
1: right Right? and when we look at it it's like when we look at the whole thing from that body mind perspective we say okay cool how can we one use our logic and our intellect to help remind ourselves the truth which is the truth is it's okay for me to be human. The truth is it's okay for me to make mistakes while also teaching the body and allowing the emotions to be felt because when that guilt yeah. comes up, just suppressing the emotion doesn't release it and it doesn't help any of the process. If you feel the guilt, allowing yourself to feel the guilt. I've, I remember one thing I felt, so I used to feel a lot of shame around feeling shame. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, like, but I shouldn't feel it. Shame one of those emotions you're not supposed to feel. It's one of those things that you're not supposed to have. So like, and I would try to hide it, but realizing the more you feel what you feel and you allow your body to process it, it will pass through you. Mm. And so if, if around self-compassion, if you're having a hard time with self-compassion and instead there's judgment, there's guilt, allowing yourself to sit in those rather than feeling guilty and judging ourselves about feeling guilty and judging ourselves. (laughs) That's what will allow it to pass through because then when it passes through, that's when you're then back to this place where there's no resistance and then love will come in just naturally. And then when you're in that place of love, that's when it's easier to get into the self-compassion, but it's really a two-part thing. It's one is doing the work on the mental side. And I love Katie Byron's work about doing the work and she's awesome. She's got, and what I learned, the biggest thing I learned from her was these four questions of like, okay, is this the truth? Mm -hmm. Is this the, really the truth? How do I know this to be the truth? And if this wasn't the truth, what might the truth be? Because when we start to ask ourselves those, it opens up our mind to new possibilities, and we're both say like, oh, I can't be compassionate towards myself. I should have done the dishes last night. I shouldn't have eaten that. I should have gone to the gym. I should have been more patient with my kids. And we say, okay, is that the truth? Mm. Hmm. How, how do I know this is the truth? Oh, well, Sally down the street said so. Oh, well, my mom taught me this. Oh, well, the church. Oh, well, politics, right? Like, okay. But like, is it actually the truth? And yeah. Who, who said this was the truth? And then if this wasn't the truth, then what might it be? Like, what might be the another possibility? Well, maybe it's possible that it's okay for me to make mistakes. Mm. Maybe it's possible that I'm just tired and I've been trying to run at everyone else's pace, but everyone's going at a not normal pace. Yeah. Maybe it's possible that ah, I just, you know, it didn't really freaking feel like it yesterday. Yeah, and I just, okay. I, with My feelings. Instead of taking responsibility and doing what I knew would be helpful today. And now I'm dealing with the consequence of having a dirty kitchen or whatever else. And that's also okay. Mm. And it's like, okay. So I think like a huge part of it is the mind side. And then also giving yourself permission to feel those other negative, what some people would call them negative or those uncomfortable emotions that we don't like to feel because if we just suppress them, then they'll never be released, but we have to let them go to be able to get to that place of self-compassion. And it's It's hard. It's hard. Mm. And finding tools that work for you. Some people find tapping helps. Yeah. Some people find journaling helps. You might find like, like today I tried art therapy for the first time. That was a cool experience. Maybe it's that right. But realizing like it's, it's this balance because if all we have is compassion without self-responsibility, that's also then when we get into this place where we're so gentle on ourselves that we stop showing up yeah, And that's when we don't take care of ourselves physically, mentally, emotionally, and then it's going to get more uncomfortable. But on the mm. flip side, if all we do is take responsibility, and if we just say, got to do all these things, do them now, rather than being like, where's the space to be human? Mm. I can have compassion, but it's that, it's finding this balance. And I think another huge thing for me is just remembering, it's like when people say the saying, it's like, ask for forgiveness instead of for permission. You know, when you're using that with yourself. And that's not true self-compassion,
0: telling Mm. yourself,
1: oh, I'll just be gentle on myself for now because it's easier for me to just be compassionate now than actually do the work and take responsibility. It's like, no, no, no. Don't ask yourself for forgiveness later because you know deep down that you abandoned yourself in that moment just because you didn't feel like it.
0: Yeah. And I love this conversation about like the duality of of things, you know, and I guess I'm quite visual. So I think of it as like this sliding scale, you know, Up one end, you've got responsibility up the other end, you've got compassion and they do seem like opposite ends of the scale. And in some ways they are, but they're on a continuum. And sometimes we need to dial things down and some things we need to dial things up, you know, and it's, it is, you know, it's not a set and forget. And I just go back to, you know, one of the like the very the beginnings of our conversation where it's like balance. Um, this is me paraphrasing, but balance is an illusion, right? You know, it's you don't reach this destination of being healed. <laughs> and again, it just I think it's just a, a lovely reminder of that that this is ongoing work. That you know, our body is doing things, our mind is doing things, our ego is doing things to protect us. Um, there's just so, so much going on. You know, as human beings, as individual human beings, we are such complex creatures, which really just goes back to the whole start of this conversation about being you and how I guess I understand why for some people uncovering you is scary because not only is it encouraged but we're complex.
1: Mm-hmm. It takes courage to do the work, right? Right. 100%. 100%. Yeah. And it's not comfortable because it also means going through lots of emotions, mm. which also doesn't feel good. Yeah. Because when you realize that you've been someone who's not you, it means you're going to have to let go of old ways of thinking, old habits, old behaviors, people, all these things that feel good, that feel like home because you've been in them for so long. It's hard to let go, and it's hard to be uncomfortable and stand there sometimes, completely naked, being like, "I have no clue what's going on." And it's hard to go and try new things and be like, "Okay, well, maybe I'll try this today and see if this feels good, or maybe I'll try that." And and letting yourself try and explore things like that takes work. Yeah, it takes work. So, like having compassion for yourself as you go through this process that it's not going to happen overnight it might take you a couple years or even decades to start to really settle into oh this feels good this feels safe this actually feels like me not just because it's familiar but actually because I feel like I've come home to myself Mm -hmm. but also at the same time having that balance of the responsibility and knowing that you're going to spend the rest of your life struggling against yourself if you don't Open yourself up to being you because you can't be anybody else but you. Nobody else but being you is gonna feel like home. So yeah. it's like take the responsibility and go out and try the things, let yourself discover and just find out who you are. Yeah, it's all one big experiment, right? <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. So tell me, this I'm gonna to start to wind this down, but tell me what your plans are. You know, you're currently in the midst of chaos. What are you and Kathleen doing next? What's happening or do you still not know? It's still all very much up in the air.
1: Uh, it's I have no clue where <laughs> we're going to be six months from now. So yeah. I I am like you, like winter's not my thing. Mm. Um, so that's why we went we drove across the country for last year. So like I can't. That's also why I was in Australia for the winter. Like my yes. mental health massively decreases if I'm in Ottawa in Canada in the winter. And again, this is just something I've learned about me. Yeah. I just know about me. So that's rather like than I- fighting it, saying, okay, cool. Yeah. How do we work with this? Right. Same thing as Kathleen needs her vitamin B. And if she doesn't get it, then she gets really tired. And same thing as I need my walks and lots of movement. Otherwise, I get grumpy. Like that's okay. Like this is just me. <laughs> I know that. So now I give that to myself and it's all golden. So I know by next winter I will not be in Ottawa. I have no clue in the meantime. um, I'm going to be working part-time at Algonquin College teaching fitness and health promotion, which is such a cool full circle moment. Amazing. The advisory committee there for a couple of years. And that was where I did my schooling. I did a two-year program before I started doing personal training. So it's really cool to be at the place where It's like, you know, the saying, like, you can teach a man to fish, but, uh, or teach a man to fish and you feed him for a lifetime, just as first giving a man a fish. Yeah, It's like, I'm really teaching people how to teach people to fish, right? Like, Mm. it's like giving somebody a workout, gives them a fish that helps them, but it doesn't actually help them long-term. But when you do personal training and you really teach someone how to move, how to nurture and care for their bodies then you're really feeding them for a lifetime. But now I'm going to get to be in the place where I'm going to be teaching the teachers. Yeah, And that is just so fulfilling. Like that, as much as, like I said, there was some insecurities going into that, that's something else which really lights up my, my soul is being in the human body and moving it from a place of love, from a place of self-care. And how can we really nurture our human being, this vehicle for life, like that is just something so exciting for me. So I'm gonna be doing that. I'm obviously still gonna be doing my coaching. I'm exploring new things like art therapy. I'm always trying new things. Yeah. I'm, but I'm also totally unsure. Like I there still is a lot of me just seeing like what feels good? Yeah. So much of it's that, right? Like what routines feel good, what activities feel good, what hang out with what people feels good. Like, like I said, there's always be that part of me, which loves to do the coaching, but what does that mean? Mm. Maybe I'm not going to be a life coach forever. Maybe I'm going to start doing contracting for a specific company. Like I have no frigging clue. And that's okay. (laughs) That's okay. Because I'm going to try something. And if it feels good, I say, perfect. We keep doing this. If I try something and it doesn't feel good. We say, all right, perfect. I learned one other way of how not to make a Marissa light bulb. (laughs) (laughs) so and are the, do you have plans for the wedding or are they up in the air as well they're still up in the air too we yeah. want to get settled first because like i said we might yeah. be out in bc we might be like i i have no idea we're yeah yeah there's so many things up in the air right now
0: <laughs> <laughs> but also so many possibilities
1: that's it and i that's the thing is like i've really learned it's going to be perfect Yeah. It's going to be perfect. And I really do believe that the universe is conspiring in my favor. Mm -hmm. And the more I can learn what feels good, because I think that's what it is. When we learn what feels like us and we just do more of the things that actually help us feel good physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and not just the things that feel good in the moment, right? Like feeling good in the moment can mean sitting down, scrolling through your phone, watching Netflix, unfulfilling sex, cake, all those things. Like those might fill you up for a second, yeah, but that doesn't actually feel good. Those are just like little brain highs right it's like find the things that actually feel good keep doing that and that's going to be how those are the little pulls from the universe so I don't know where I'm going to be in six months but I know it's gonna be awesome because I'm willing to sit in the discomfort yeah of doing the work now of actually showing up for myself and then just following those little pulls like what actually feels good
0: yeah what feels good
1: just doing more of that
0: and that what you mentioned before about that being open to receiving and being open to seeing and hearing those messages because you're not so fixed on a direction is something I've particularly noticed and acknowledged in myself. And that's what that's one of the beautiful other beautiful things that happens when we don't have plans when we allow that pull those nickels. and then you end up in Bali <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. So, one last question um, that I would love to know—that I ask everybody—is what truly brings you joy, and when was the last time
1: you did it? Being me, Mm. and right now, every day. Me, right now. I feel like me, and I don't feel like me every day, right? I wish Mm. I could say I do, and Mm. I don't. And that's but that's okay because the times when you don't feel like you. Is the time switch so just that reminder of like, oh, I just need to just need to come back and just love myself a little bit more, having compassion for self is doing that, but then come back. But yeah, whenever i really settle into me, when I feel here, when I feel home, joy is just natural. I don't have to try to do it, but it's like yeah. yeah. So I get joy with myself, with my girlfriend, with my clients, with my dog, even I don't know painting my toenails (laughs) even doing the dishes as long as I feel like me yeah
0: yeah beautiful I love that Marissa how all of your details will be in the show notes but where is the best place to connect with you online if people would like to find out more just get some more of your beautiful energy
1: Mm. I am Always sharing on Instagram. Um, and I've actually connected my Instagram to my Facebook, which was one of the scariest things I've ever done. Not <laughs> everyone who I've ever known in my life gets to see everything. So you can find me on either of those. It's yeah. Marissa.hammond is the Instagram name. Um, and you can also check out my website, marissahammondcoaching.com, because you've got links to all the stuff in there. I've got like a free resource of 80 plus free resources. So if you're looking for stuff to help support you on your own journey there's stuff in there for everything. It's categorized. That'll help you out. Um, my girlfriend, Kathleen and I, we also have a podcast that we started just this past year. So that's us just, she does the the physical side, the training side. I talk about whatever's going through my brain at that time. So yeah, you can find all that stuff on my website and yeah, come hang out on Instagram. Cause like I said, that's where I share most of my stuff. I'm always sharing what's going through my mind and what's going on in life. So you get to fully see all the things from behind the scenes. (laughs)
0: All the messy, beautiful bits. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) Wonderful. Thank you so much
0: for joining us. I have loved this very heart-centred chat about all things self-love, self-compassion, being ourselves. It has truly been a joy. So thank you. I'm glad that we finally got to do this. And as we were saying, you know, the timing was exactly right. So thank you.
1: Mm, thank you Erin it's been such a pleasure and such a pleasure to get to see you get to know Yay! you so <laughs> keep joy. being you yeah. you're sharing and you're sharing your light and helping so many people
0: so oh thank you, thank you so much Thank you everyone else for joining us. You know, all the things you need to do. Let us know what you thought of the episode. Best place sounds like Instagram for both of us. Please rate the podcast. Please share this message with your friends because the more that we can get the message out there about the power of vulnerability, storytelling, sharing these stories, I think the better the world will be. So until next time, much love. Bye.